You're listening to Radio Free Edville. It's Edville on the radio for free. I'm Roy Thomas Padgham. It's Friday, September 24th, and this is your Edville Gazette, brought to you in association with the News Now Network. And if you hear some ambient noises today, it's because I'm recording the podcast sitting in my car outside of my kids' art class, because I'm a little scrapped for time. Harvard goes fully woolly. What the world needs most in 2021 is Mammoths, No Question, by Dick Badger. Boston. Well, as most Gazette readers know, I don't travel much beyond the Tri-County area, but I drove down to Boston a few years back for an old-timers tournament, and I have to tell you, there were big-brain professor types as far as the eye could see. What with Harvard and MIT and who knows what else all they've got down there. I don't recall seeing that many mad scientists in the arena per se, but there were a lot of them in the streets wearing Bruins jerseys, like the great Bobby Orr, which is damn fine by me. Now, you've likely heard that a couple of these bird-brained Harvard biologists want to de-extinct woolly mammoths. At first glance, that struck me as the dumbest shit I've ever heard, particularly since genetically engineering big hairy elephants will cost a zillion dollars that could have been spent better on cancer research or maybe ending this goddamn pandemic. But after carefully considering all of the facts, I've come around. What the world needs now, and I mean urgently, is mammoths all over the goddamn place, if possible. And the reason is... Mammoths will give every tired and angry person on the planet something totally new and interesting to obsess over. Being the perfect Disney distraction, mammoths will unify all humanity. Think of it, we could get Elton John to come out of retirement to sing an updated mammoth version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight? More than this, we'll all be instant mammoth experts. We'll spend so much time on the Google Mam cams watching these beasts slumber around the tundra that I doubt we'll even have time to throw gravel at the PM. And we'll be so absorbed in Twitter arguments about the ethics of genetic engineering and what kind of vegetation mammoths should eat that we'll totally forget about things like the national debt and China screwing us over. And inevitably, we'll name all these mammoths too. Every kid in the world will be completely gaga about them. Ooh, there goes little Manny. He's my favourite. They'll coo. And when the first of these majestic beasts shuffles off this mortal coil, God forbid, there will be global mourning. But you can see the risk. What if mammoths are released into the Arctic and they end up being the first species to go extinct twice because of human activity? I'm guessing that when our ancestors went out spearing the last of the mammoths 11,000 years ago, the heartless brutes never once imagined that tragic outcome. Lucky for us, we're a lot smarter now, right? Three woolly mammoths looking for a snack. They were playing hockey when the ice began to crack. The zig and the zag, they don't want to fall right through. But one fell right in, and then there was two. Opinion. Farmer. An epochal election no one even noticed. By Edna Farmer. Edville. Well now, what did you make of those election results Monday? I'm no clairvoyant, but I think I can judge how Canadians are feeling just by looking at the returns. They don't give a hoot. The party leaders and the desperados running our news media turn themselves inside out for a few weeks trying to convert the silliest campaign ever into something epochal. And Canadians, bless their hearts, set out on a balmy fall evening greeted by their friends and neighbours at the polling stations as amicably as ever and voted exactly as they did in 2019. They weren't suckered by new photos of that nice Mr Trudeau in blackface or by the tanking stock market or by scary new inflation numbers. 
They weren't seduced by any of the leaders' vain nonsense about their own virtuosity or intimidated by the party's deplorable attack ads. They were not frightened by our media doom-mongers into thinking that this election rose in any way above the ordinary, with the possible exception of the $610 million price tag. Instead, Canadians demonstrated once again that they are altogether far more intelligent, rational and savvy than all the politicos, pollsters and party pitbulls put together. Ordinary people want to get through the pandemic with their lives and their livings intact, with affordable health care and education and social programs at the ready. And the dream that their kids will do better than they did, unsullied. Above all, Canadians want politicians to put their big ideas back in their pants and start acting like responsible adults, by golly. No one will be getting a do-whatever-you-like majority until these things start to happen. So good on you, Canada. It's enough to restore your faith in democracy. And then some. Badger. Soy latte drinkers demand affordability now, by Dick Badger. Edville. Every once in a while I read the Toronto Star just to see what's up the arses of the holier-than-thou hipsters in the big city. I can't deny it, it's a form of gloating personally, but also professionally. Our motto here at the Gazette is, we read the Star so you don't have to. So this week's crisis is, why is my soy latte so damn expensive? That's the title of an actual Star op-ed, I shit you not. And when you drill down into this expose, you discover that local cafes in my neighborhood charge a premium of 25 cents to a buck 15 for milk alternatives such as soy, almond and oat. Oh. My. God. Now at this point you're likely wondering, say Dick, what's the real stories on these precious soy latte drinkers? Is it a question of bungled personal finance? Have they been driven to maxing out their credit cards? Are they stiffing their landlords or maybe raiding their kids' college funds? Are they homeless, God forbid? Negative. From what I can see, they're pissing their hard-earned money away on $6 soy lattes because they don't have the sense to see that it's goddamn insane to pay $6 for a soy latte. And yet, every time I drive past some hoity-toity Java joint, what do I see out on the patios? but a bunch of 20-somethings with $1,300 iPhones and $300 Adidas, sitting around drinking $6 soy lattes like they're Ben Affleck and what's-her-name. And I think, well, I guess we have the Toronto Star to thank for spinning the affordability crisis into a big-time election issue. Because as long as these young Canadians who can't afford homes or cars or prescription drugs are pissing and moaning about their soy lattes, they can't get into any real trouble, can they? Karl Marx once said, $6 soy lattes are the opiate of the people. I think he got that right. President Obama surprised tourists by walking to a Starbucks near the White House. Even more surprising, he traded five Taliban members for a grande soy latte. Series. Kids Ngizas R-L-M-A-O. Kids Corner. Squishy Face Nightmare Fuel enters Toy Hall of Fame. OMG! By Crystal BB Diamonds 16. Brighton. Hey fam. So we have a new teacher at school named Mr. B from the UK. And he is like totally trying to get everyone to like him, which is like so chuggy. Like he keeps trying to say stuff like cool instead of lit. And it is cringy. But that's not like why we're here now. Today, he showed us something called the Toy Hall of Fame, which could kind of like 
flame emoji, but this is science class science emojis, explain how that's like related. But anywho, he showed us something called a crabbage snatch kid. Has anyone seen this nightmare of a toy before? Kids used to willingly put those demon faces in their beds. Willingly? Holy fucking shit. Next time I want to call my mum lame, I'm going to remember she used to sleep next to the baby of Slenderman and a squished toad designed by whoever decided driving required a test and survived because I accidentally looked at one through the screen in the eyes. And I'm like so positive. It told me that I only have two days to live, which sucks because Jay was supposed to be coming over to watch the new Mulan movie tomorrow. And I got a new top for it. That's all for now, fam. Bye. What do we tell our little girl Christmas morning? What are we supposed to say? You've been good, but Santa ran short? A full-grown woman taking the doll out of a child's head? I just want to say I get a fucking A-double-plus for planning today because I brought my Zoom microphone, which is battery-powered, to record this podcast in the car. And I thought, I'm just going to bring a spare pair of batteries in case the batteries die. And they fucking did. And I have batteries in my pocket. I have never felt smarter than this moment in my life. <clears throat> Seniors Corner. Gee, Dad, that's a big one, by Buster Fogg. Brighton. Well, you know where I stand on these kids today. From where I'm sitting, they don't have the sense God gave salmon, or any other game fish for that matter, including muskies. I used to go fishing for muskies up there on the Head River years ago, and those big smug fuckers would swim right up to the side of the boat just to remind you that you could never catch them. Some guys said they caught one now and again, but I never saw it. What I did see was a lot of guys in hock up to their yarbles for military-grade bass boats who never caught anything bigger than a goddamn perch. <laughs> Series from the Edville Travel Bureau. Geritol and Martinis will put you right at any age by Hedy Bunt. Edville. Regular exercise is the key to staying healthy, but you also have to have treats as well. Edith Murway Trainer enjoys her martinis, and she says they do wonders for her. Shaken or stirred, it doesn't much matter for this 100-year-old great-great-grandmother. Edith holds the Guinness World Record for the oldest competitive female powerlifter and lifts upwards of 150 pounds. That's more than I weigh. She says nightly martinis and regular vitamins make her a record holder. You can't help but discover as time goes on, you are healthier. You don't even know it. You don't even think about it, says Moe Trainer. She was 91 and long past her career as a dance instructor when she hit the weight room for the first time. You're never too old to start something new. I've taken up some great new hobbies in my 60s and plan to keep adding new things to my repertoire. Just last month I began naked rhythmic throat dancing and so far I found it very enjoyable, as has Hair Bunt. People ask Edith if she follows a special diet, but she tells them that she doesn't. She does remind them that she takes Geritol in the morning and drinks martinis at night. That keeps me going. For me, it's a fruity drink with an umbrella. <laughs> Let Our Labias Go by Hedy Bunt. Edville. Well, wouldn't you know it? Every day there are new body parts we can alter with plastic surgery. In fact, I don't think there are any bits of us left that cannot be trimmed, augmented, beefed up or enhanced these days. What's on the menu this time? Labiaplasty. Instances of such surgery more than doubled in the first decade of this century, then carried on climbing. This is not surprising. Just under half of the people on this planet are walking around with labias. 
so it was only going to be a matter of time before they started tuning them up. And everyone seems to want something different, but most are leaning towards understated, neat and compact. Then again, most women have never actually seen their labia, so how are they to decide how they'd like to present them to the world? I asked my friend Dagmar to take a look at my equipment and give me a general report on what she saw. She told me that everything is apparently evenly distributed and neatly arranged. Phew! But if it wasn't, whatever would I do? Obviously, I could grow hair to obscure it, or find myself a doctor and have things taken care of more permanently. But honestly, I'd like to think I'd try to embrace my differences and be proud of what nature gave me. After all, no two are alike. In our diversity, we find our uniqueness. In a recent poll, almost half of the women surveyed, 48%, had concerns about the appearance of their vulva. Of those, 64% were worried about size and 60% were concerned about shape. This leaves me shaking my head and hoping that this next generation of women will make their peace with their equipment. It's the fun and pleasure you get and can give that are really worth your consideration. There's a vagina museum in Camden, London, that I'd like to visit when next in England. An hour walking through the exhibition will put everything back into perspective. We need to demystify our vulvas along with all our other parts. Liberate our labias! During arousal, it lubricates itself Through plasma seepage in the vaginal walls And when the sperm gets to the egg It locks out every other sperm And then billions of sperm die inside of a woman Potty training cows mark scientific breakthrough by Holly Honeychurch Did you know cows can be potty trained as easily as toddlers? Maybe even easier. It's no bull. Scientists were able to train 11 of 16 cows to use a moo-loo when they had to go. Actually, the cows learn about as quickly as grown men on average, and some are far more advanced. And this potty training wasn't done just for shits and giggles. Bovine urine is a serious environmental issue. Cows pee a lot, it turns out. A single cow can discharge about eight gallons of urine a day. But while urine is the bigger environmental problem, scientists have also predicted that they will be able to train cows to poop in specific locations as well. Gee, I wonder if they'll get national research grants for that. The biggest environmental problem for cattle, though, remains the heat-trapping gas, methane, they emit in belches and flatulence. Unfortunately, cows can't be trained not to belch or fart. They would blow up. The Side Hustle Croc by Hugo Blue. Yazoo City. A local processor of wild game in Mississippi has revealed that alligators, long known for their irrational fear of fishing lures, have been moonlighting as archaeologists. Shane Smith, proprietor of Red Antler Processing, first got wind of the gator's double life after hearing the legend of a fellow processor in South Carolina who uncovered dog tags in a gator's gullet. Smith just couldn't resist cracking open the nearest alligator and was simply stunned when he discovered an unfired bullet within. Everybody was standing around like I was opening a Christmas present, says Smith. I guess they do Christmas a little differently in Mississippi. But the crocodile's true penchant for lost artefacts was revealed when the next lizard autopsy produced a millennia-old atlatl dart point and something called a plummet. Your first thought is, it ate a... Native American, noted Smith, naturally. 
Archaeologists have been unaware that they had such scaly rivals in their midst, and now speculate the gators might be hoarding artifacts and holding underwater symposia in swamps when, where they themselves fear to tread. There is concern they may soon publish. Hopefully, an accord can be reached before a rash of crocodile hunting ensues by archaeologists hoping for a big score, or in fear for their jobs. Is it any wonder they've been so secretive? I wonder what those iguanas are up to. UK Christmas on the verge of cancellation by Shirley Stickle. London. Well, 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 it looks like our tea-loving mates on the British Isles have fouled themselves into quite a dilemma. Closures of fertilisation plants that produce CO2 have hurt the turkey industry, resulting in reduced output. The British media have reacted in an appropriate and completely rational way by claiming that Christmas could be cancelled. And I must say, if I'd known years ago it only took the absence of a fat-laden bird on the table to cancel Christmas, I could have avoided years of strife at the dinner table by chucking the poultry out the window before Grandma Marie could launch into her annual tirade against the relationship between government, immigrants and boozers. Instead of ruffling feathers, perhaps this is a chance to start some new traditions. Instead of a turkey, eat tofu soaked with tears and soy sauce. Try a lasagna or some chicken pot pie. Make curry mashed potatoes. Personally, I can't understand why they aren't taking the opportunity to spotlight the national dish of tikka masala as the main course instead of a dry bird. Really, just spin the globe and find a country that you colonised at some point or another and borrow one of their recipes. I'm sure it can't be all that hard. You've got options aplenty. Good luck, mates. Uh, it is with a very heavy heart. I must tell you, we cannot continue with Christmas as planned. I'm Roy Thomas Padgham, and this has been your Edville Gazette for Friday, September 24th. Join us again in two weeks. The NewsNow Network is a fiercely independent news magazine serving the residents, businesses and civic organisations of Northumberland County. It is supported by local advertisers and free to readers. Visit newsnownetwork.ca.